Lord, our Father, we thank you that you are the Almighty God. We thank you, Lord, that you that you would want to be our Father, that you're a good Father, and that you love us and you care for us and you hold us in your hand. And Lord, we pray for this day. We pray for your grace. We pray for those that are struggling. We pray, Lord, for those that are going through trials, that those that have suffered losses that they cannot understand. Lord, we pray that you give us the grace and the strength to understand, that you help us to see. Lord, help us to put our trust in you even when we can't. Lord, we thank you for what you've given so far. We thank you for the promises of your word. We pray that you uh, bless this uh, this morning, the rest of the time, uh, the word that we bring here. We pray that you would that you would give uh, your grace, your power, and that you would multiply your word. Lord, that you would speak to us, draw us into your presence. Help us, Lord, to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. Thank you, Father, for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this morning, um, I want to share on a journey, <clears throat> share on a, on, on a message. I want to say, I want to call my message this morning, uh, a journey from beginning to end. And I want to talk about that the Christian life is a journey. That there are trials, um, that there are that there is a struggle, um, that there will be those days and those times. <clears throat> so I want to start with a text out of Mark one, verse sixteen. Out of Mark one, verse sixteen. If you want to turn there. Mark 1, verse 16. Now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come after me. Come ye after me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little further thence, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who, were, who also were in the ship mending their nets. And straightway he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the ship and with the hired servants and went after him. So here we have Jesus calling these disciples. And he says to them, come and follow me. He wants them to come and follow after him and be with him. Um, and you know, sometimes at funerals, um, we'd hear someone ask, or you run into someone who would ask, uh, if, if the person died or if the person they're talking to, they would ask them if they're saved. And uh, we sometimes hear it in conversations and discussions. Um, to be saved, are you saved? And I want to touch a little bit today, what, what does that mean? What does that mean to us? Are you saved? What are we saved from? Um, while, 
while I believe it's usually referred um, to as something that's true, it, it usually seems okay. Um, I think it's a good question. It's a good question that we should be able to ask ourselves, honestly. Um, it's a question that we should be able to answer. And for a lot of us, a lot of people, um, I can say sometimes for myself, it makes me a little bit maybe even uncomfortable um, to hear that question, to, to answer that question. Um, but uh, on... On the other hand, I've often wondered if this question, um, if there isn't something's just missing. Um, what does it mean? So the question, it's, it's talking, it's usually referring to an event. It's usually referring to an event as something, so that's something that happened at a certain time. Somebody gave his heart to the Lord, which is a good thing. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, but here Jesus says to his disciples, he says, come and follow me. And he's calling his disciples to a completely different life. He's calling his disciples to something completely different than they've known. Um, like Jesus never said to anyone, just accept me. Accept me into your heart. In a sense, he did. If we take it all the way. But... And, and I don't want to have a critical message this morning about, about how people are doing it wrong and how people are saying it wrong and, and using the wrong words. Um, my heart is just for us to, to think, to consider, to look at our lives and where we're at, um, where we're at in our lives. So these disciples, you have Andrew and Peter and James and John, and they left their home, they left their father and their nets, their work, and they followed Christ. And they spent the next few years walking with Jesus. They walked with Him, they worked with Him, they ate with Him, they lived with Him for the next few years. Um, and it's quite an experience if you, if you think about what, what that was like. That they were living their lives, they were walking this life on this earth with Jesus in the flesh. Um, you know, that there used to be this saying, uh, what would Jesus do? You probably all remember it. It kind of was really in style for in for a while and it, it, it left. Um, but it's a good saying. I think uh, Keith Green... Um, popularized it in a in some way um, but the question what would Jesus do and here these disciples they were living and they walking with Jesus and they see in every situation how Jesus what how God wants us to act how God wants us to respond what God wants us to be and it's, it's a beautiful thought <clears throat> and these disciples are living with Jesus every day Okay, so, so can we walk, can we walk every day with Christ, with Jesus like these disciples did? Is that what we're called to me to be? And to me, that's this is the fog, the call of Christ. Come and follow me. Um, these disciples did. Many others did. Uh, many others also, Jesus called 
some didn't start some never even started um some started following and they left um many many started following i don't know if they were all called but in a sense everyone is called but many many thousands of people followed christ for a time and then left and then gave it up they had the intentions of following christ and they loved to hear him they loved the message but they didn't follow through they didn't continue uh, with him <clears throat> so one of the main questions i want to i want to pose this morning is um should we always be in good standing with god is it reasonable for us to believe that we should always be in good standing with god where we can answer a question like are you saved in a confident way is that a reasonable assumption i mean i'm i don't really like that question but <clears throat> um you probably all agree the correct answer is yes. The correct answer is yes that we should live a life where we are always in that place where we are ready to meet our creator, our maker. Where our conscience is clear. Um we should be ready to meet him at any moment. Okay, and and scripture scripture it says be always be ready to give account of your life and of course there's struggles there's trials in our lives we we come against um a disagreement with someone we come into arguments we fail we fall um and there's there's these failures um and there's things probably on our checklist also there are things that we intend to do things that we know we ought to do that's probably true for all of us things that we should do on a personal in our personal levels uh things that we uh brothers or sisters that we should talk to should connect to there's those things <clears throat> um but to be in that place where we are clear with god and it's a high calling it's a high calling but it's also a privilege to be in that place to be able to be in that place <clears throat> okay so um maybe this maybe this point sounds a little pie in the sky I mean I hope a lot of or most of us have experienced at least a time where we were completely ready to meet our maker maybe not and that might be okay too um but to be in a place where we have the confidence to know that our conscience is clear before God to be in that place where I the things that god the, the convictions that god has laid on my heart i've surrendered it's a place where we should strive to be 
where we should long to be. And God has us at different places, as each of us at different places at different times. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to have this, this morbid, I wanna, don't want to bring this more morbid atmosphere here. Um, but usually a lot of, a lot of Christians, for some reason, we aren't excited to talk about this. We aren't excited to talk about this subject. And, uh, you know, it, it should be exciting for us that we were blind. We were blind and now we claim to see we were, we were lost and we claim we were found. Um, we were on the way to destruction and now we're on the way to heaven. And it's a tremendous privilege. It's a tremendous um, gift that we have. It's a tremendous gift. Uh, we were sick and now we're healed. And maybe, and maybe for a lot of us, if we're honest, if I'm honest, um, a lot of times the experience, the real life experience doesn't feel like that. Um, you know, early in the mornings, I really don't feel like a blind man who's seeing things for the first time. I don't feel like a man who can walk for the first time in 30 years. Day-to-day -day life, it, it's, it, gets, it gets mundane, I understand. <clears throat> but once again, should we, could we, can we, and should we live in a place where we are clear, where we are, um, where we, if we died, we would know we, we would be with the Lord, with our Lord in eternal glory. And I know there's, there's this fear of death. There's this fear of the unknown, which is natural. I mean, um, there's very few people and, and few situations where people walk into death and they're with, with, with arms up and rejoicing. And there's a natural fear there of that. And, and I'm not talking about that. I'm just I'm talking about having the confidence that we are in the Father's will. And that that our conscience is clear before God and to live in that way. And uh, maybe it is a little pie in the sky. When can we ever have that confidence? Because we don't, there, there, there's never, I don't believe there's ever a human who's perfect, who, come, who, who reaches, um, reaches complete perfection. Before God, we all need the covering of the blood of Christ on our lives. And in that, in that forgiveness, in coming to Him for His forgiveness, for His mercy, we receive, we receive His forgiveness. We are pure in His eyes through the blood of Christ. <clears throat> and uh, so, so many times when we're praying, we might feel that confidence when we're having devotions or reading the Bible. We might have that. Um, but I, I think when Jesus called his disciples and, and I, I, the calling he brings, he puts forth to all of us is for us to live in that place. For us to live in that place day to day. Uh, the place where we have peace with God. The place where we're forgiven and we know we're forgiven. The place 
where we if if someone has something if we have something against somebody it's cleared up um if there's a trial and and those things there's harm i mean, think maybe maybe we all have a few of those things in the back of our head somewhere that are just not quite perfect <clears throat> but our one of the things i hope to touch this morning is is that those are in this life probably the important things those are the things that are going to matter and though they seem small they're going to be the important things so going on um if you want to turn to philippians 2 verse 12 i want to take a verse out of there wherefore my beloved as ye have always obeyed not as in my presence only but now much more in my absence Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. For it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So <clears throat> this, this verse, um, he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Um, what does that mean? Um what does that mean to us? See, on, on one hand, um, we can fall. We, I, I think there's, there's probably two or maybe more ditches. But on, on one side, you have people who would, who would believe that they did the drill. They did a routine. They asked the Lord to come into their heart. And something happened. Maybe something real happened there. And now they're good. Um. And on the other hand, you have um, you have this works side of things, where someone is just bound in working, work, trying to trying to win God's approval, trying to become um, become pure, to become to become what we can never be without Him. And He says here, "Work out your salvation with fear and trembling." It sounds a little bit like a lot of work and a lot of struggle and a lot of. Uh, <clears throat> um, a lot of uh, yeah, it works. So it's it's God that worketh in us both to do will and to do of His good pleasure. God is working in us; He is giving us to will and to do of His good pleasure. He not only gives us the strength, but He gives us the desire, the beginning desires to do His will. And here, he, he, Paul, Paul is urging the believers to work out their salvation with fear and trembling. And I want to touch just a little bit on what that means and how that plugs into our life. Um, and like I said, like, there's a doctrine among back, largely Baptist believers um, that it's called once saved, always saved. And we would right away, most of us would say, we don't agree with that. Because in its extreme, once saved, always saved, um, it says once someone has come to Christ, once, some, once, Christ, once Christ has saved and sealed someone, they cannot fall away. They're saved, they're, they're sealed, it's done. They can't, no matter, and, and some of the extreme ones would say, no matter what that person does, God will find a way. This, he will be saved. He's done. It's, it's all settled. And uh, 
and all of us, I think most of us, all of us would say, okay, we don't, we don't believe that. Um, <clears throat> but we would agree that someone has to give their heart to the Lord. We have to give our hearts to the Lord to come to Him for forgiveness and, and to be cleansed and to be forgiven. And that's good. That's right. But the calling is to live in that place of forgiveness, of a clean heart and a clean conscience. <clears throat> so one of the one of the reasons I think this this message is on my heart is is that even though we don't we say we don't believe in in the message of one saved always saved. Um, my challenge is that maybe sometimes we live like we believe that we lived like we actually believed it's all settled it's all done. And I want to say that there is a ditch. There, there are two ditches here. And I'm, I'm not sure I'll be able to bring my message out properly. Um, but there's a... On one side, there's a resting and a peace in knowing and having the confidence that He has done a complete work. That we are forgiven. And that we, we can come into the throne room of grace boldly in him. And on the other side, um, there's, this, there's this trepidation, there's this fear of, and, and this fearful working, work, of working out our salvation. <clears throat> and uh, this is almost suddenly connected. It, it becomes, it brings, it makes us completely sober. Okay, what, what do we do with this? How do we... Um, how are we joyful when we're working out our salvation with fear and trembling? How are we allied to anyone when we're just uh, here striving and working and, and trying to, to, to work out this thing? <clears throat> so um, there's a balance um, that it is a journey, it is a walk, um, and it is a fearful thing. There, should be a, there has to be a carefulness in our lives that we are in that place, that we're striving to be in His will, that we're, uh, we're working against the things, the enemies that are in our lives. And we also have to be able to come to a peace that He has done the complete work. And it's only in that confidence in Him um, that we are able to be anything at all. <clears throat> so, um, it's a journey. It's a journey that we have to, that we're ascribing on. And I want to take that, that example of Jesus calling his disciples. That he called these disciples, he didn't call them to... Um, he didn't call them to accept him. He called them to follow him. He called them to be him, to be with him, to learn, to walk his ways, to, to learn to be uh, like him, to be molded into his image. And they started on a journey. They started on a journey that day, walking. And I, I want to take it as 
an example of the journey that we are, we are, we are called to, and we start that journey, um, that calling to be his disciples. <clears throat> and a lot of times, this journey um, that God calls us on, um, we run into struggles, we run into, we run into trials, um, we run into things that are hard to accept, things that are hard to process, things we cannot understand. And it seems like on the journey um, that we go on, it sometimes gets harder and not easier. And I want to take, uh, for most of the rest of my message, the story of Pilgrim's Progress. Um, and Pilgrim's Progress, um, it's an amazing story, a book that John Bunyan, you all know it. Um, John Bunyan wrote, oh, I don't know how long ago, but it's been the best-selling and most widely printed book, next second only to the Bible. And, uh, and it, it, we, we can take a, a lot of lessons around, out of that book. And today I want to take out the journey part that this, uh, this pilgrim, this Christian, he started on a journey, and it was a journey, and he had to he continued on it. He continued to walk on it, and it didn't get easier. It didn't get easier as he went. It started quite hard, quite difficult. He had difficulties early on, and uh, but the difficulties they didn't necessarily. They, they were different. A lot of them were different. Some were very hard. He had extreme trials. He had trials that he had easy and then when he met up with a different with other believers with faithful and hopeful they talk and they they talk about what they went through and the experiences they had and they had different trials um some some had a hard time with the with different uh, areas and he he christian had a hard time with uh, with uh, one battle and faithful had a hard time with different battles with different trials different struggles that came against them um, but the journey that we go on, a lot of times it gets easier, it gets harder. And uh, for some reason, we don't expect that. But I think we should. And uh, I have a bit of a story here. Like our, I, I'm teaching 7th and 8th grade <clears throat> in our school. And they ask, um, they asked me why there, the other day they asked me, why is, is our work so hard and why does it have to be so complicated? Why is every, why does this work have to be, why is it so hard to understand and so complicated and so difficult? And they're always asking, what's it for? What am I going to use it for? Um, why do we have to know this? When will I ever use this? And uh, I told some of them the other day, that, um, you know, if uh, you're, you're in seventh and eighth grade, you know, if you skip back a grade, the work would be a lot easier. That's, that's an option we have. You could go back a grade and the work would be much easier. Or you could go back to, to second and third grade and you'd probably have straight A's. You could do all the work. And... Uh, and, and there's a picture in that. It's, 
they, they didn't want to do that. They didn't, they didn't think that was a great idea. Skip back a grade. Um, <clears throat> but there, there's something we have to learn there, that this journey, the lessons, uh, we should expect the lessons to get harder. As we come into adulthood, as we grow up, and our fam- we start raising families, the problems, the, tr- the struggles that we have, they get bigger. They get, they get more complicated. Problems um, become harder to solve. Um, like Grandpa said once, you know, small children. If you have small children, you have small problems. If you have big children, you have big problems. Right? Um, and, and that's the way life is. It doesn't, it doesn't get easier. It doesn't necessarily get easier. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> our life and journey is much the same way. And God is like a good teacher. He wants us to grow. He wants us to prosper. He doesn't want us to be in first and second grade for 20 years. We should expect to get challenged. And uh, the lessons will be hard and challenging. Every good teacher will challenge their students. Um, sometimes a new concept is, is easy to understand. And sometimes it takes a long time to get it. And sometimes the challenges that God gives us, they're hard to understand. They seem impossible to overcome. But God is a good teacher. We can trust him. And I appreciate what Samuel shared in the opening, that, that we can trust him. And he'll be there for us and he'll walk with us. <clears throat> but it's a continuous journey. So looking at Pilgrim's Progress. <clears throat> um, so I, wanna, I want you to, to, I just want to touch on the, the ongoing struggle from start to end. There's a continuous, there's a continuous, uh, there's a continuous enemy working against this man who is trying to make his way to the celestial city. <clears throat> and the story starts out, I'll just go through it very quickly. The story starts out in the city of destruction. And here we have Pilgrim, no, we have uh, Christian in the, in the city of destruction. And he finds out, he discovers uh, through the reading of a book that he finds. He starts looking for answers and he finds this book. And he finds out that this city is slated for destruction and everybody in it is going to be destroyed. Uh, him and his family. They have to get out. <clears throat> and this, uh, this becomes a tremendous burden that he had. And he starts to carry around a burden that grows. Um, not only that, but also his, his, uh, his burden of his own sin and his own, his own, uh, his own need of forgiveness and <clears throat> being made right with God. And he meets this man called Evangelist who directs him toward the wicked gate. He says, you go that direction. You follow the light. And he starts on this journey, and the evangelist tells him, um, you'll be freed from your burden. And there's, he, he tells, he bring, tells you, you're going to the celestial city. He invites him to go on this journey to the celestial city to be with the king, with the, to be with the Lord. Okay, so he takes off. He takes right off. He takes off, and right away his friends and his family, um, it's a couple of his friends, catch up with him, and they try to stop him, try to bring him back. 
and uh, tell him he's, he's this is a wild wild dream he's chasing. Um, anyway, he doesn't turn back. He he says, "I'm going. I'm going." And and even his friend Pliable comes along with him, and he starts on his journey. He starts walking, and and they're they're all uh, talking about the land where they're going. And suddenly they fall into this slew of despond. And uh, despond means to be despair, to be discouraged. And uh, this is right off the bat. Um, and Pliable, he, he, he gets out of there. He, he runs back to where he came from. Because he didn't have his eyes. He didn't have his focus set on the goal, on the end goal. And a discouragement and depression nearly drown him until he gets help. <clears throat> he gets rescued by a man called Help. He cries out to help, and, and the king has the king of the celestial city, the lord of the, of the highway, has someone there to help those who need help. <clears throat> and he trudges on and he meets this man. He's, he's back on the road, he's, he's headed towards the wicked gate. And he meets this worldly wise man who sends him off a different direction. He says, you can get rid of your burden over there with legality, uh, Mr. Legality. And that's a picture of, of going to the law and going to an order and trying to fix our problems that way. And he nearly dies. <clears throat> he nearly gets killed by this man and by his, by his whole experience. And again, he's brought back on the path by evangelists. Um, and finally he reaches the interpreter who teaches him uh, many things. And then he goes on and he comes to this hill where he has an option to take this difficult hill um, um, or to take this side road that looks easier. And he takes the hill. He chooses. You have to follow the path. You have to follow the, the path that leads to light. And... Uh, at the top, he comes to the cross, where finally <clears throat> And uh, along with forgiveness, with, with his cleansing, he receives a new garment and his scroll. And here he becomes a child of the king. He becomes a pilgrim. And here's the picture of someone who he, he becomes born again. And I want to say that this is just the beginning of the journey. And uh, I think too many times as Christians we get freed from burdens. And um, Christians are looking to get freed from their burdens. And we're not looking and heading for that city. For that celestial city. For eternal glory. For the high mark. <clears throat> um, and... Too many times, maybe we're not ready to sign up for the journey, to sign up for the trials, to sign up that we will follow the king, follow the king's path, the king's highway, no matter what comes against us. But this is the central part. You know, one of the lines in Pilgrim's Progress um, that, I that I really like is that a pilgrim can see the cross from every part of the road to the celestial city. You can see the cross. We must always keep the cross before us, to keep our eyes on the cross, to remember where we've come from and that we've been forgiven <clears throat> and that we are only saved through Christ and His death and resurrection.
And Hebrews, out of Hebrews 4, 14, I want to take this verse. Seeing then we have a great high priest that is passed into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may find mercy, mercy, <clears throat> that we may obtain mercy and find help, grace to help in the time of need. So Christ is our high priest, high priest and he's constantly interceding for us. And uh, we can come to him that knowing that he has gone through the same struggles, knowing that whatever we go through, whatever struggle we have, Christ has gone through it before us. Like we had in the opening again. At any point, at every point, every day, we can turn to him and find mercy and forgiveness. And we can boldly come to the throne of grace, being forgiven and cleansed. And not carelessly barging into the throne of grace, but humbly, we can boldly come into the throne of grace in forgiveness, with forgiveness, and through the blood of Christ, and then walking and living in his presence. And going on with the story of Pilgrim's Progress, from here he goes on and he continues his journey. And, uh, and one of the peculiar things in the book is he keeps finding, he keeps seeing these captives these lost pilgrims by the side of the road. And this is after the cross. This is after they started on their journey. Um, these bones of pilgrims that went on their journey and perished by the way. Um, the dangers never go away. In fact, they seem to get more severe as he continues on his journey. Um, <clears throat> the enemy is getting more and more desperate. And he, he meets this evil fiend, Apollyon, who nearly kills him. But he comes out victorious through a, a tremendous fight of faith. And these can be, he walks through the valley of the shadow of death. And he sees and meets all kinds of dangerous giants and enemies on the road. And these can be, these are pictures of different life experiences or different challenges that we come up against in our life. And him and his friend, they come to Vanity Fair where uh, Faithful is killed and he barely escapes with his life. And uh, he, he, he gets out of that. And it's another, it's a, different, it's a different enemy. It's the world trying to grab a hold of him. Um, you have Apollyon simply trying to kill him. You have the valley of death where fear, um, the, the fear of, of, uh, of things in life can grab a hold of him. And then uh, he, he meets up with Hopeful, and they come to the path to the... <clears throat> they get caught. They, 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 take, they, run, they go off the path, um, off the straight and narrow way, where they know they're supposed to go. And it's, it's hard going. It's rocky. It's a rocky part of the road. And on the other side, there's this smooth path. There's nice green, uh, green pasture they could walk in. And they get... <clears throat> they get uh, caught up. Um, they get caught by the giant. Oh, sorry. They get caught by a giant despair, and he takes them 
to Dowding Castle, and where they nearly despair. <clears throat> um, but finally, through hope and through uh, claiming the promises and remembering the promises, they're able to get out of that place. So then they continue on. They continue on their journey. And uh, they come to this place called, uh, and I'm, I'm leaving out quite a bit. Um, it's, not only, it's not only terrible, hard struggles, but they also come to these places of rest, these arbors. Um, where they're refreshed, these play the, this uh, like the um, the interpreter's house. Um, what's the other one called? Where they get refreshed, where they get taught. It's not only um, just hard, hardcore um, um, trials and struggles. It's also times of peace. It's times of refreshing. It's times of resting in the Lord's providence. And he comes to these. Uh, they come to these mountains. Um, they call them the delectable mountains, and these shepherds are there, and they're they're resting in that they can rest in that place for a time um, with the shepherds, and they get a glimpse of the heavenly city. <clears throat> and eventually, they have to continue on, so they continue on on their journey. Um, and they warn them of the enchanted hills, um, the enchanted place where they nearly they nearly fall asleep. And they're just able to get through that. There's another struggle of falling, falling asleep in the enemy's territory. And then he gets deceived and they get deceived and caught up in a net of pride. But he gets rescued. He receives help when he cries out to God. <clears throat> and then finally he comes to the river of death. And this actually becomes one of his greatest struggles. Um, one of the hardest struggles of his journey. But finally, through faith and perseverance, and keeping, keeping the fight of staying strong and encouraged in the battle, he enters and he's, he's received into the celestial city and eternal glory. <clears throat> and so, so what I want to point out is that there's tremendous, there, there's just a struggle from the first day on, he made his choice to the end. There was a battle. It's a continuing journey. And it's a journey um, we all sign up for when we start following him, when we give our lives to him. Um, and it's a journey. Some of the trials that might come against us, we don't. We we don't we would never sign up for we might not we might not we we would never sign up for them um, but in all those things there's there's still it's it's a there's an enemy out there that says the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and we have to be aware of that we have to know that this is a journey it's a continuous journey. And it's, it's not only struggle. It should never be only struggle. It should never be only trials. Um, there's, these, there's also rest. There's peace. Um, if we're his disciples, if we put our trust and our faith in him, we can have the confidence that we can, ha we can have a life of peace and have that perfect peace and, and no fear of death and no fear of the enemies. 
that come around to this, uh, trying to destroy us, trying to attack us. <clears throat> it's not a journey of just endless dangers and threats, but also of peace and joy. <clears throat> it's, a it's, a, it's a journey with the, where there's battles, <clears throat> but there's also the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who's on our side and who promised to be there and help us. He promised to never tempt us with more than we're able. He promised to walk with us. And his word is sure. His word and his promises are sure. <clears throat> so amen. So may we all um, continue on that journey um, to wherever we're at to, to pick up wherever we're at and start walking in that journey and press on seeking him and growing in him. So, amen.